Hello, Sobertown, and welcome to the Sobertown podcast. This is your two-for-one special. And hi, I'm Polly. And hi, I'm Karina. And I am in the home studio today, and our Karina is out on location. (laughs) I am. I am. I have no internet or phone signal at home, so um, I tried to catch the train with you yesterday, didn't I, by walking around the field for 20 minutes, (laughs) then we Mm -hmm. gave up, so I missed the train, so hopefully the train has stopped at this station today. (laughs) I'm sitting about five miles from home um, in a park where I can get a signal, so um, we may hear some football noises and some children and some cars and some bird song, but you know, that's cool, that's okay. Yep, and it's pretty sunny and warm there, so we yeah. will try and uh, get you out of the heat, otherwise you'll be glowing mm-hmm. before long. So the subject we we picked up uh, on for today, you know, going by what goes on and around in our groups is uh, anxiety. And I'm going to leave this one to you because, yes, I get anxious about things, but I can't really say I've been touched by crippling anxiety. I do get anxious like most normal people, you know, when I think a lot of people do when you, you go in somewhere new or you're going to be doing something new, you, you do get it. You do get a little anxious if it's out of your comfort zone. But as for deep anxiety, I have no experience of it. I'm sorry. OK, well, anxiety is a huge, huge subject, isn't it? Um, yes. And I'm going to put my nurse's head on a bit today, but I'm not going to be talking in in mumbo jumbo i'm going to be talking in basic basic language talk it uh, down talk it down yeah. to the, to, to yeah, the people in the, you know in the stalls <laughs> yeah because you need to I, I think the most important thing with any mental health and anxiety is to have an understanding of it so i'm certainly not going to talk in jargon because then you won't understand and that's the key thing um so anxiety is huge and it goes way way back so I'm going to start right at the beginning which is way back when with our ancestral people you know the cavemen um, yeah. prehistoric people um, you know and those people had to go out and they had to hunt and they had to hunt for their food and they had to hunt for their clothing um, and our bodies are very very clever and they adjust and they adapt and the thing is is that they needed a way to survive so what the body did is when they were faced with fear, like a big woolly mammoth or some vicious sort of predator, and like a saber-toothed tiger, their body would release something called adrenaline. Now, adrenaline is a chemical that um, comes from little tiny adrenograms that sit on top of the kidneys, actually. Um, and what adrenaline does, it gives you the strength to either stand and fight or run away and that's where the term fight or flight response comes from so how adrenaline works it takes the blood away from things like the skin that's why we can get a bit pale Um, it takes it away from the the stomach and that's why we can get butterflies in our stomach and diarrhea and need to to feel we that we need to go to the we and it also then takes the blood supply to the important organs such as our lungs and our heart. And that's why our, we can feel our heart beating really 
strongly when we have get quite anxious or panicky um, and that's why we can sometimes hyperventilate and sort of it feels difficult to breathe and tight chested and we also get very strong because it takes the blood supply to our muscles as well and we've all heard those sort of um, superhuman stories of sort of um, somebody being trapped under a car and somebody coming along and lifting the car up and that's because of an adrenaline surge. Now the thing is we don't have to hunt for our food anymore. We can go to the corner store and have clothes. Mm. But adrenaline continues and continues to be within us. And if we think back in time as well, I mean, I'm reading the Canterbury Tales at the moment. And, you, you know, nearly every other page, the knight reaches for his sword um, just because he might see a shadow or hear a noise. And when you think about it, the Aztecs, the Incas, medieval Britain, We've always been at war. We've always been on guard. And if we think about it, the people that have survived thus far are those that have produced the most adrenaline because, you know, they've had the most adrenaline. Yeah, they've they've survived. They fought or they've had the strength to run away. Um, So they are the survivors. We do now also talk about fight, flight and freeze. And I think freeze might have come a bit later. Or freeze might have been there back in, in cavemen. Um, but obviously those men didn't survive or women didn't survive because they would have got eaten by the saber-toothed tiger. So, um, would, would freeze be um, fear? Yeah. Okay. So it's like when we say that frozen with fear. Okay. So when we get the adrenaline response, we have the strength to run or to stand and fight. But then there's that <gasps> being caught, a bit like the bunny in the headlights, you know, being yep. stuck and frozen to time. Okay, so that's kind of how adrenaline works. And what happens, we've got this little alarm. So I I guess what I'm saying also is anxiety is normal. It's normal in the same way as anger is, frustration is, um, happiness is. Anxiety is a normal emotion. Um, And what we have is we have an area in our brain that I'm just going to refer to as the fire alarm. Okay. So when we suddenly fear something like you know we might be about to cross the road and um, we hear a car come in and it sends off that fire alarm in our brain which okay. would then make us stop look you know take caution it makes us cautious it keeps us safe um, but what can happen as over time is that that anxiety or that fire alarm can go off for no reason so a sudden smell a sudden thought um, a sudden feeling, a sudden sensation can cause that to trigger off. Could that be something like PTSD where people coming back from in the, in the service, certain noises and smells set off the PTSD? Is that the same kind of thing as anxiety? Yeah, exactly. And smell, okay. you know, smell, smell is one of our most important um, memories because our um, olfactory nerve which is our our nasal nerve goes straight into the center of the brain that is responsible for memory Um, so it's very often that smells will trigger off things and um, I was going to come to this actually so we're on the same wavelength and the same tune is that we have another part of our brain that I would refer to as the librarian when I'm explaining it to people and what our librarian does it stores all our memories and it keeps them all in order but when our fire alarm goes off in our brain that librarian gets confused and the timeline of those memories also gets confused. And that's why people can be right back in a situation 10 years later and um, experience all the same things that they had before. Okay. Um, 
and you know that that's why that's a chemical type of, of reaction because the adrenaline's confusing all of that it's okay. confusing it um, from the nervous system so so you can see how that sort of kind of links in um also on top of that we also have now as well obviously our our new brain as we have developed so mm -hmm. we have very much our old brain that we refer to which is very much that caveman brain that i was talking about that is ready to fight it's ready for action and that's the brain that comes into play when we get angry get frustrated get anxious and there's an old saying isn't there of take a deep breath and count to 10 and that really is a true saying because if we do just take a breath and count to 10 it gives time for our new brain to kick in and our new brain is our more rational logical brain okay uh, so you know that 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 old saying is, is quite an important one really rather than acting completely on impulse just to um, one of the things within our journey that that we use so much is uh breath in our mm. sober journey we're using the one thing you know is just sit and breathe through it and I suppose every time we take that big, 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 deep breath and hold for a little bit and then breathe out slowly, we're causing that pause, are we? Yeah. In, in that. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And exactly. And it's really important to do that is not to to react. And, and that's what a lot of us do. And then if we can't do that, we can reach out. You know, that's the other key thing, isn't it? If you know, yes. can't do that, we'll to reach out. But it's good to learn to do that breath and just give yourself time for that new part of your brain to come into play the new bit that we've evolved through through the ages um, okay and I think the other thing that's really important to mention here is that actually as we grow up we are taught that anxiety is kind of not okay a bit like anger that basically we're kind of taught that if you're feeling anxious there's something wrong that's kind of what we learn as we go okay. through life yeah. um but it's not real to feel anxiety. It's not wrong to feel anxiety. It's okay. It's there. It's a warning sign. It's telling us stuff. What's important to learn is when the anxiety is telling us something helpful and when it's telling us something unhelpful. Um, a bit like pain. We've spoken about pain before. Yes. Uh, as you know, I've got a fibromyalgia. I have to distinguish between pain that is helpful, that's telling me I'm injured, and pain that's unhelpful because I'm not injured. I just feel the pain. And interestingly enough, this, this fire alarm part of the brain that tells us, you know, to be anxious, warning, 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 is also the same area that tells us about pain. So that's why very often pain and anxiety can overlap because it's the same centre that's been fired off. Okay. It's the amygdala if people are interested. So it's the amygdala. Um, so it's really what we need to do is recognise that anxiety is okay. There's nothing wrong with anxiety. It is recognising, is it telling us something? So, for example, yesterday morning, I took Bumblebee out 20 miles there and 20 miles back for the first time on my own no yeah. Andy behind me on his bike okay? okay so I was a little bit anxious um but we also have to remember that excitement evokes the same physical feeling us in us as anxiety does butterflies, butterflies. trembling <laughs> heart beating heart pounding you know a bit shaky so you know you, you, again excitement and anxiety can get confused so I was a little bit anxious I was a little bit excited 
But what my anxiety did for me yesterday morning was just made sure that before I went out, that I had enough money on me to fill up with gas, that I had my insurance documents with me and that I had my breakdown documents with me. So that was kind of helpful. Being prepared. prepared. Yeah, prepared Mm -hmm. me for the day. Anxiety is not that's not helpful is like a couple of weeks ago when you were trying to teach me, I was waiting to have a, a Zoom call with you for you to teach me how to Zoom and record from my phone. And I was getting in a right old state, remember. <laughs> now, it's not because I was anxious of you, because you're great, you're lovely, you know, and, and you're very patient. But it's you were learning something new. Yes. And what was underlying that was actually frustration with myself and mm-hmm. anger and things like, am I going to get this? Am I not going to learn it? Why don't I know this? All those sorts of, you know, negative thinking was stirring up my anxiety. Your self-critic, your self-critic was uh, mm. to the fore. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it was. It was doing all singing, all dancing that day. So, you know, so, you know, both forms of anxiety, but it wasn't helpful. So, you know, you had to. And, and I could have got quite anxious yesterday missing the train with you. But I'm like, just, you know what? I just have to let that go. There was nothing I could do. I can say this now. I mean, this, this letting things go, I'm finding it a lot easier the longer I'm staying sober, actually, because we're living in the moment. And I had a conversation this morning about we talk about one day at a time in sobriety, but life really is one day at a time. That's the whole of life. You've got some things that require you to pre-plan. But the majority of the days, like with you yesterday, you couldn't mm-hmm. anticipate that. So you literally yeah. get up in the morning and, yes, you've got some things that, are, uh, that you, you've got planned, but a lot of the day for us, is unplanned and the longer I stay sober the more I'm able to cope and not be so anxious when these little things crop up I don't know how you feel about that one I think do you think yesterday was an example of that yeah and I think it's something we talked about in our groups isn't it that Mm -hmm. that we are finding it easier to take I, I used to be very anxious not knowing where my life has taken me um but now I actually don't care and and yesterday morning I got up I had to make some phone calls to the bank the stuff I had to do I had no phone service so do you know what I jumped on Bumblebee and I drove to Lowestoft where there was a phone service and where I could sit and and talk and and do all the things I want to do and of course I got my Starbucks cappuccino all thrown in as well so actually you know my day went was completely different from planned but it was a good and enjoyable day and I'm learning to embrace the moment um and and go with the flow um because life happens and I think think you and I are lucky in that we don't suffer this crippling anxiety that some people do get Um, and there are people that that would totally freeze them in that how would they cope with it it would have done me before I mean I am on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication and I have been since 1995 Um, I've had three episodes of major depression and a major agitated depression where I was so agitated and so anxious um, that when Jack was two I couldn't even look after him my mom had to take him for a couple of weeks because I just could not um, 
look after him. I just couldn't take the responsibility. So I do get very anxious. I am on medication that I'm gradually reducing now that I'm off um, of the alcohol. And we'll, get, we'll look at that a bit in a minute and how that plays a part, how alcohol mm-hmm. plays a part mm-hmm. in anxiety. Um, but what I'm finding is my anxiety now is over real stuff it's real you know I do get anxious and I have had some weeks recently where I've been anxious you know hey my partner's having chemo you know it's okay to be anxious about that there are life Uh, events causing anxiety yeah so I've I've sat there some nights thinking why am I so anxious well you're anxious because Andy's having chemo tomorrow and it could potentially kill him you know no wonder you're anxious that's it um so you know there's things so when I was drinking um and in times in the past yesterday would have put me into a spiral um but 10 months sober I am finding it much easier to cope with that and just as you say going with the flow embracing the day and with regard to 10 months sober congratulations thank you and congratulations on your year <laughs> we've, we've both hit a milestone haven't we since we were last we podcasting so yeah um, it's been yeah. wonderful yeah yeah, I did. cried so much last week. <laughs> I just stopped crying. Everyone, so, so much success last week within our community. It was uh, yeah. it was a joyful week last week. It's a joyful week this week. You know, I'm having fun. Um, and this topic I am loving. So, yeah. Back okay. to. Okay, so... Um, one of the things that we want to, want to look at now is the chemistry, the chemistry of the brain. And um, adrenaline is a chemical. I think you call it epinephrine over there, don't you? Epinephrine. Epinephrine, yeah. Yeah, I think we tried to call it that over here for a bit. It just didn't stick. So we, call, we stick to adrenaline, really, even in medical circles mm-hmm. over here now. I think the only time we refer to epinephrine is EpiPens over here. Yes. So, um, so when I'm saying adrenaline people it's epinephrine in the states and um, other places they still call it adrenaline i mean epinephrine okay. is a pen so an epi pen so yeah, yeah you call it adrenaline everybody knows what it is everyone stands yeah. okay um, so our body runs on water as we know <laughs> water but basically on chemicals and hormones that is how our body runs and electrical impulses um i'm not going to get too te- technical um but I was thinking earlier, and this came to me yesterday morning, was if we imagine like a test tube and we've got a test tube of, of chemicals and it's balanced, so it just bubbles away nicely in its test tube and it's going along doing its business. And then suddenly we add another chemical to it. Um, then that can change that balance in that test tube. Now, if it was my test tube, Cheap and you put some caffeine in it it'll be bobbling all over the place <laughs> I think I I know caffeine doesn't do that to me no, but to me to me it does to other people it was make it bubble a bit more and then settle down um you know um if you put some alcohol in it um again it will make people bubble a bit first of all and then it will just anesthetize you alcohol basically is an anesthetic you know it will anesthetize you eventually um so you know there there are if we take a chemical like alcohol or illicit substances or even prescribed medication it will change the homeostasis it will change that balance in that test tube now for things like um antidepressants for example 
um, because there's a lot of some, some people don't like to take antidepressants, um, but I just want to, you know, I, I'm for antidepressants when, when they are needed um, because basically we don't have enough serotonin in our brain. The way antidepressants work is it increases the serotonin in your brain back to where it should be. Okay. And in I, doing. Can I just say, I just need yeah. to, um, a few years ago, I went on to a very, very low dose anti-anxiety medication and the one thing the doctor did tell me is, is because we, as women, no disrespect to the others, there's guys that I'm sure, but she gave it me from a woman's point of view. Because we're so emotional and we live on our emotions of worry about the children, worry about the house, this, that and that, we deplete our levels of serotonin and is it dopamine? Yeah. We deplete them. So every so often, she said, it doesn't hurt to go on some kind of anti-anxiety medication to help boost those feel-goods. It's, mm. it's perfectly normal. It's not anything detrimental. No, because it's just putting those chemicals back to where it should be. So a bit like somebody with diabetes. Yeah, uh, giving them insulin, we're just putting it back to where it should be. We're managing it for them, and it's the same with serotonin and and anti-anxiolytics. Um, it's just putting that chemistry to where it should be. And some people are born with low serotonin levels and mm -hmm. low chemistry. And there's things we can do to boost them. We'll talk a bit about those in a in a bit. Um, but you know, I just want and and the point you made about um, being female. Um, this is another important thing, actually, with anxiety, because okay. this will happen with with everybody. Um, but when we get hungry and get low blood sugars, we release adrenaline so it can make us anxious. But particularly for women, because it also affects our female hormones. So if we get hungry and I know many of us at the time of the month always have to have a little snack or something in our car yeah. because we get hungry. Once our hormones start to change, our blood sugars drop we release adrenaline and that's when we get the shakes and have to eat. Okay. So, um, so particularly important for, for females um, at the time of the month as well um, with those changes to our estrogen and progesterone levels. So that is a, a real chemical thing that does happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the other chemicals that we're talking about in the brain, that the main ones that we're going to talk about is dopamine, which you've just mentioned, which yeah. is our, reward chemical and that is our addiction loop so we take something like alcohol it stimulates our dopamine we think oh i liked that that made me feel quite good and then you get that positive loop and then it's the dopamine that, that craves for for that um caffeine actually does increase dopamine as well in the front layer of the brain and that's why quite okay. a few people once they give up alcohol are craving their caffeine coffee and tea <laughs> And see, yeah, because it does stimulate dopamine as well. Um, as you know, I'm not, I'm not a great um, caffeine addict, but the reason for me that I can't, I can only have one cup of caffeine a day, and the reason for that is because it does trigger anxiety in me, okay. and it makes my heart go skippity skip, and my kidneys all do stupid things as well. So, okay, um, so it can, a lot of caffeine can cause anxiety. So if you're drinking a lot of caffeine and you're anxious, I would strongly suggest that you look at going on to decaffeinated but water filtered decaf not paint strippered decaffeinated um but don't stop caffeine straight away because you will withdraw 
Okay. Um, we, we, oh, what am I saying? We've withdrawn from alcohol. We can withdraw from caffeine, okay. can't we? <laughs> I think <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like anything you can learn to do without. Yeah, you will have headaches. You will have the jitters for 24 to 48 hours, but we've done that. You know, what's, two, what's 24 to 48 hours? It's nothing. That okay. timeline is nothing, really. No. The big scheme of things. If we can no. live through, you know, if you can live through alcoholism, you can live mm. through 48 hours without, without caffeine. Caffeine, yeah. And the 24 hours is really important, isn't it, as well? Because we, we think that um, alcohol settles our anxiety. That, that's what we think. We think, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I'll have a drink. But actually what it does is just quashes that, that craving um, because actually the anxiety you're feeling is the craving for the alcohol because it's 24 hours to withdraw from alcohol. Um, so at least, you know, but 24 hours to get yeah. through that first, that's why the first 24 hours, 48 hours, the absolute worst. And we recognize that. And that's why we get socks when, when people have to reset. Um, it's great that they're accountable, they're resetting, but we feel for them because we know they've got to go through that 24 to 48 hours. Oh, I don't want to ever do that awful. again. No, it's awful, isn't it? Yep. Um, and so we do think, um, you know, so if people are listening to this and you haven't quit alcohol, and you're thinking about it, you're thinking, but it helps my anxiety. It doesn't. It actually just stops your craving for anxiety. And that's it's why many of us... Button. It's pause button. And it's why many of us were evening drinkers. I was. As soon as I got in from work, I opened the wine bottle because I needed it to settle the cravings which were causing me to feel anxious. Yeah. Um, so that does pass. The other chemicals, the oxytonin, which is a love hormone. So I all keep bloody crying, don't we? Wanting to hug each other now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got our endorphins, which are our body's natural painkillers. Um, and obviously the most important one we've touched on a bit is serotonin, which is really our mood stabiliser. Um, and it's important for um, our moods, our emotions and our sleep as well. And we know that um, alcohol depletes the amount of serotonin in our brain. And for those of you on antidepressants, your antidepressants will increase your serotonin. The alcohol you're drinking will decrease it back down again. So you just not get that up. One against the other, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. you take your anti-anxiety yeah. medicine for anxiety and then you take your alcohol, which just increases yeah. your anxiety back. <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just not worth mm. it. So there's the nurse who prescribed, prescribed medication for years and did it herself. So we know, we know people, I'm there, I've done it. But just now, <laughs> as a safer person, <laughs> I'm saying, don't do it, don't do it. Keep on your medication, don't stop that, but stop the alcohol. Uh, do you want to take a quick break? Before we can we do, we can take, yeah. yes, actually, that would be a good stopping point because mm -hmm. it must be getting awfully warm on location. You're outside, yeah. I'm inside in the air conditioning, yes. so. We'll let you take a quick break. Okay, we I'll will be you. back in a little while. Well, Karina and I are back. Karina is still on location. I'm still in the home studio, which is uh, the office. <laughs> and what we're talking about is, I said something just a little while ago about pause. Um, and when we become stressed and anxious and we reach for the alcohol, we're not dealing with the stress and the anxiety. When we start drinking, all we're doing is hitting the pause button. 
the stress and anxiety are going to be there the moment we, I don't know, wake up the next morning, etc. because all we've done is paused all that stress and anxiety. And if we had, I put out a, a question to some of our ladies because some of them don't have their mums around. And I asked, would they like to write a letter to their mum? One of our ladies wrote a letter, and this is based on a blog that Todd did on the SoberTownPodcast.com website. And she read the letter and was very, very distraught. It upset her reading it. But when we talked about it, it was fear and anxiety because it was an unknown. And she said, it's not going to have the same impact when I read it the second time, because no, when you do something that makes you anxious, makes you fearful for the very first time, all these chemicals, like you say, are being released, the emotions, and then you find it wasn't quite as bad as you thought it was going to be. You go back to it each time you go back to it, it becomes easier and easier and the anxiety levels drop. And within our groups of ladies, we get so much feedback from so many different points of view on things that make us anxious. And we've always got people who have gone through things that give advice. And it it always brings up that you do it through the anxiety and the fear. You, you, you push through the anxiety and the fear and you come out the other side thinking, well, that was okay. Um, we didn't need the alcohol to cope with the anxiety and fear. And with the, with the one young lady who is coming home from work so stressed and anxious, that she's reaching like we did for the alcohol. We know where she is. We know where exactly where her mind is because we've been there ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, all she's doing is pausing the anxiety, uh, the work stress. She's not dealing with the work stress. And if a job or a situation is causing you so much stress, that you need to reach for alcohol, it's time to address it differently and move away from the, well, deal with the workplace situation by either addressing the situation in the workplace with someone you can or moving yourself out of that environment. Yeah, I think this is the thing, isn't it, that as we're getting sober, things are changing, relationships change, jobs change, because um, for so long we've used alcohol to numb. And the other important thing to say about is anxiety is that there isn't an anxiety loop, a bit like the addiction loop. So anxiety yeah. is thoughts, um, feelings and behaviour. A bit like the cognitive behavioural therapy method, you know, model as well. Yeah. So we may have a thought of like, um, you know, our thought, for example, could be, right, I'm not going to drink. I'm not, that's it, I'm never doing that again. I'm not going to drink tonight. And then we get home from work. We've got that anxiety. We've got those feelings again. We want those feelings to go away. Our behaviour is we open the bottle. The next morning we wake up feeling awful. Um, 
like so again physically feeling awful emotionally feeling awful the thought is I'm never going to do that again we get home we feel anxious again later we open that button it's that loop um and it's about changing that loop somewhere and you know we can just stop that behavior of not opening the drink but as we've said before that isn't enough we have to work on the thoughts and the you know the the feelings as well the emotional feelings and the the thoughts that we're thinking we have a lot of negative thinking and I've mentioned this before but it's just a reminder for people is there is a I mean there's lots of good literature out there Mm -hmm. but there's a really good online free online um place called living life to the full by Chris yeah. William um, and that is a really good online course about all this negative thinking and negative behaviours that we do in order to get through life so that is a really really good resource out there um, so yeah so it, it, I, th- I think it's perhaps you know perhaps we could look at now the way we've talked a bit about these chemicals and things and talk yeah. about ways to to change some of those chemicals to boost some of them because sometimes you know when we stop drinking um not only have we got to deal with the the guilt and anxiety of us drinking we're then dealing with all the emotions that have been there all along that we've been blocking all we've done is hit the pause button we now have to press the play button and address it all address it all that's right and but what we have to realize as well is that we have actually depleted some of our chemicals and our brain chemistry so we need to do something about that to get it get it back um to where it was so if we just look at the ones i talked about before so dopamine um is one of them so one of the things that's really we talked about dopamine being a um the reward chemical the reward loop so yeah um the things that help with dopamine are things like self-care looking after ourselves rewarding ourselves eating lots of yummy food (laughs) (laughs) ice cream (laughs) oh god yeah eating food um coffee which you've just already talked about um celebrating little wins you know really and and doing things that, that that are good for us and we've we've talked also a bit about this before but it's always worth reminding people especially for those of you that journal um if you're journaling don't you know always at the end of your day think about the one good thing that you've done today that you've achieved something that you've achieved now some of it might be getting out of bed that day or getting mm-hmm. in the shower mm-hmm. you know um or not having had a drink you've achieved yeah. that um, you know or even if you had have, have had a drink what have you achieved you know that there will still be something that day that you can that you've achieved and that you can celebrate so it's really important because very often when we journal we look at a lot of the not so good stuff or the negative emotions um it's really important to look at at the good good stuff we have to uh quiet our inner critic Um, Mm -hmm. and i i put an expression on when i was talking to someone within our groups yesterday and I didn't realize how much of an impact that expression was going to have on me. And it was, the expression is to follow through. If you commit to something, follow through on it. And Mm. every morning when we got up and said, oh, I'm not doing that today. And then we did, we just didn't follow through on our promise. So once you get sober and you make a promise to yourself every morning, little tiny thing, well, today I'm going to have a pedicure. Today, I'm going to walk a mile. 
whatever it is, one tiny thing that you commit to in the morning, it could be that today I won't drink, mm. follow through on it because that, that is where you can put at the end of the day in your journal. Well, I said this morning I was going to, and then in the journal, you can put, the and I did, did. I yeah. followed through. Yeah. You know, it's it, a great it, tip. Just, yeah, it's I don't a know great why. I suddenly get yeah. these little light bulbs. Yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what's so spooky is obviously I had to come out. So usually my first thing I do in the morning is I sit with my cuppa on my settee, mm-hmm. yeah. looking at I'm sober, going to the ladies' group, saying good morning. Well, this morning I had to come out. I couldn't do that. I had to come out with my cuppa and find this location so we could catch the train today. Yeah. And as I sat here, and you don't know this, it's really spooky you just said that. <laughs> I sat here thinking, do you know what? I'm going to take myself off for a pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> Follow through. Follow through. And I've been and had a pedicure. I sat here and had that thought and had a pedicure. Um, so, yeah, and it was wonderful. I mean, it was amazing. It was USA Nails. And I sat in this, <laughs> this big massage chair, which I actually thought was going to fold me in half at one point. Yeah. <laughs> They got, they can get a bit, don't put it on the, the fast thing. I, I, I'm a coward. I don't put the, well, I'm not a coward. I, the massage chair just irritates me. <laughs> oh, no, I did enjoy it. Literally, I did think it was going to fold me in half. It was that strong. But, but um, I live to tell the tale, so it's okay. But I had a pedicure. And then you said, yes. And then you said about walking. And the other thing I was going to say about dopamine is exercise is, yeah. is good as well um and even you know for people if you can't walk if you're sort of even if you're bed bound or wheelchair bound whatever you, know, you can do some exercises just do some arm curls do some body twists just do you know your head i'm sitting there long i'm not doing all my head turns and that you know do something um just to, to stimulate those with the way things are online now i mean you can get chair yoga mm. um, and all sorts like that i mean even if you're in a chair and can't get out there are, you can do chair yoga, there are chair stretches, there are so many things online now that people can get. It's it's not difficult to find something that will work. Yeah. And and you know what, it's just reminded me that I haven't followed through today. I'm part of my maintenance plan, which is my um, my yoga stretches and my physiotherapy exercises. So when I get mm. back off location and back to my caravan, I'm going to follow do- through. <laughs> yeah, I like that expression, actually. <laughs> You know, make yeah. commit to something in the morning and then follow through through the day. It might only be a tiny thing. Yeah, you know, I'm only correct. going to drink two cups of coffee today instead of four. You know, mm. okay. Yeah, something I have in my maintenance plan actually is every day is to do something I've been putting off. Mm-hmm. So every day I have to at least do one thing that I've been putting off. Yeah, and that that yeah. makes you feel good as well. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Okay, then the next chemical is oxytocin the love chemical now I don't know if you remember but a while ago my ladies in the ladies groups our ladies groups I was going on and on about having to find a pet I needed a furry pet to stroke didn't I yes that was it I remember (laughs) and I remember what you found (laughs) so actually what I found in the end was my furry cushion yes (laughs) yes it's not it's it's a very tame furry friend (laughs) there were some other suggestions but we're sticking with the furry cushion (laughs) yeah so i've got my furry cushion now it doesn't cost me anything and i can jump on bumblebee and go off for days at a time if i want to now yeah 
that's that's an amazing thing I mean yeah you're going to be able to travel now and just have so much yeah. fun yeah I do and it's it's nice because I just um I mean for those of you that don't know me I love cats and I've always I'm a cat lady and I've always had cats but where I live now unfortunately um it's a beautiful place it's on a lake um, but I can't have cats because of all the baby ducklings, the fish in the lake, the, the birds, which are beautiful. They're all beautiful. And I love watching them. And I have rabbits and even have some rats running around, you know, but nice and little water rats and things. You know, it's beautiful, but I can't stroke them. So I, oh, I sit and watch them and stroke my little cushions. That's so, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. So So things like oxytocin are playing you know kids love to play you know and I think we're getting more playful aren't we now I think I've never felt so happy I mean I feel cheerful uh in Mm. a way that I haven't done and I made a comment to someone today that I feel like me yeah that's not right yeah I I feel like this is me now and Mm -hmm. I like me (laughs) yeah I like me I like other people as well (laughs) You I'm like you. Like me. Yeah. I'm starting to like me. I'm starting to yeah. like who I'm becoming. Mm. And know. I and I don't know. You know, it was. Um, I I don't think I really knew who I was before. I, I I feel like me for the first time because I don't know. You know, this I feel like the me that I want to be now. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I had a I follow up the ten seconds at a time the other day. Um, it was lovely to see her. We were yeah. smiling the whole time through. Um, you know, so that was really that was increasing our oxytocin. That we were just smiling, we were having fun. And um, she was saying one of the things she's enjoyed doing is going back to the things that she used to do as a child, you know, and yeah. things that we used to enjoy. So um, so it's revisiting those things, the fun things, playing, interacting with others which we we know don't we that connection is is really it's the key word in all of this is the connection yeah yeah um and things like you know hugging which well let's face it that's been pretty difficult this last year with covid hasn't it Um, still difficult yeah well I actually went to see my mum and dad the other day my mum's still a little bit nervy but my dad gave me the biggest bear hug because they've had (laughs) had their rejections now and it was over a year since I've been able to hug my dad and that just felt amazing you know I mean all right he's 81 and I'm 56 but it was still amazing I needed that hug I think the one thing we've learned to appreciate I mean the world went on to pause as we all know with COVID um and we're coming out of it with a true appreciation for things that we just took for granted Mm. so much and I think that's where a lot of enjoyment is coming actually because we are rediscovering the simple things the things that give you love give you joy because we've been deprived of them for quite a while Mm. we deprived ourselves all the years we were drinking then COVID deprived us of some of them like with the big hug off your dad yeah um the, the true appreciation for just a hug. It, can you imagine going back four or five years and a hug was a hug? That was it. Mm. Okay. Now a hug is, it means so much more. Also, we're in a better place um, emotionally. We're more stable. Um, we're seeing things, as we've said before, so much in Technicolor. There's no Mm. more black and whites. And these other little things like the hug 
they are good for your mind. They are good for your brain because feeling good is just healthy all round for you when your brain's healthy. I think your body's a lot healthier. I don't know. Definitely, yeah. The, the so, two are interconnected, you know. Our, our brain controls our, our body and our body <laughs> feeds our brain and our mind. You know, it's all mm -hmm. interconnected sort of um, with nervous systems and chemicals. And, um, you know, it's been it's been... I think it's you know me every breakdown there's a breakthrough and I'm just hoping you know that the good thing that comes out of COVID is that we do go back to basics we do recognize what matters um that we do some of us get out of this toxic world of like you know keeping up with the Joneses you've got to have the next best thing we've got to work at these crappy jobs that we hate so that we've got this that and the other it's all materialistic stuff um one of my favourite quotes ever from a film is a film called Australia. I don't know if you've ever seen that with Nicole Kidman. And she goes over and she's, she's a, a well-to-do lady from English culture, you know, um, back in the age. And she goes and she's picked up in this Land Rover by this, this guy and they're bouncing along. She's got all her finery on, you know. <laughs> and it, she's saying to me, where do you live? And I said, well, live here, like in my, in my Land Rover, I think it is. And she said, well, where's all your stuff? She said, well... It's, it's up there on top of the roof she said but but how can you live with that stuff and he said it's just stuff I can't take it with me all I can take with me is my story so I might as well make it a good one and mm -hmm. um, you know that's yeah. so true that's so true as it you is. know I've lost so much over the last 18 months and I could not be happier with my life than I am now we burden ourselves with so much that when we unload it it's such a relief. And it's like I said, when I walked through the door of IAS, the load I was carrying was huge. And that was the alcohol. It was everything that was surrounding the alcohol. The, the load was just so heavy. And it was such a relief to unload it. And I am not going to load myself back up. And I think a lot of people... Uh, myself included, I'm enjoying a much simpler life. I don't need all, excuse my French, the crap. I don't need it. Um, someone said, oh, are you going to go back to the gym? No, there's fresh air out there and a footpath. I've got a bicycle in the garage. What do I want to go to the gym for? Um, all these memberships and things that were always there before. I mean, I did have these things. But now they don't mean a lot to me anymore. No, um, and I think that that's pared life down. Hmm. I think that's this journey, isn't it? Is is now fight as I've said before, it, it is our journey, and it's about what's doing right, right for us, and finding our way, and and what's right for us, and in the way to do that. Um, and yeah, and you know, ex exercise is key. Exercise is a good thing, no matter how you choose to take that. Then yeah. it is a good thing and exercise will also help with those endorphins as well getting those endorphins going which those feel good chemicals and and you know what even things like laughter watching a good movie a good comedy you know <laughs> laughter doing a podcast yeah <laughs> yeah i feel like i've been quite serious today it, because it's kind of a serious Subject, it is a so, serious subject. But, yeah, but, it um, is. But, we, but we like to have a laugh too. <laughs> so, but yeah, laughter, exercise, essential oils, they're great, aren't they? Oh, I love uh, them. Essential oils to get Here we go back to this. That goes back to the olfactory though, doesn't it? Um, the smell. Yeah, yeah smells. And, um, I did say in, in a Zoom that I love the smell of oranges. 
Mm. And someone said orange is one of the really foremost smells that um, help with stress. Yeah. So, you know, go sniff an orange, folks. Yes, yeah, sniff, <laughs> so, orange. sniff, sniff orange. an orange. Yeah. And, and the other thing that people are going to like, well, a lot of people like this, that you, you know, I'm going to give everyone permission now, as if you didn't need it anyway, <laughs> to, to eat chocolate. <gasps> chocolate is good for endorphins. Now, I'm sorry, though, it's not the high sugar milky type. Dark <laughs> it's not stuff. the good Cadbury's, it's the dark stuff. So, um, you know, you can get some dark, I mean, preferably 85% KK. Yeah solid um um it's good it's really good for the serotonin and the endorphin levels so um you know have at but least not a, a whole bar of chocolate not a whole bar no a couple of swears. you know i said you know i'm trying to stop my sugary stuff again yeah um so what i've been doing is getting blueberries um getting just three cubes of dark chocolate melting it in the microwave and then just mixing my blueberries into it and that's delicious that's, that's a really nice sweet treat so mm, um, sounds mm. delicious actually that is I, might do that. I do um i do my fruit and my yogurt all the time i might do a couple mm. of squares of chocolate melted and drizzled mm. all over the top of my yogurt yeah lovely it that goes a bit nice, hard like a bit like a chocolate sauce and if you melt it and drizzle it over <sighs> yogurt it goes a bit hard again so that'd be like having a magnum where you smack the top of the chocolate yeah and get to the yeah. ice cream i'll smack the top of the chocolate and get to my yogurt so mm, that sounds, sounds like delicious. okay yeah. there's another recipe coming at me now <laughs> we like quick and easy and simple nowadays don't we you know yes, and tasty yes. <laughs> that's it the and simple so- life Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the last chemical was serotonin. Um, and, you know, exercise is good for this. Meditating, lots of doing meditating or just taking that breath. Um, eating tryptophan. Um, we talked a bit about this before as well. Yeah, we did. Look, yeah, we did the supplements, didn't we? Though? Yeah. On the supplements podcast did that. But, you know, so if you want to know more about that, go on to that one. So eating, eating tryptophan or taking tryptophan um you know getting having a good bedtime routine you know making sure you do that getting good sleep and sunshine sunshine is good for your serotonin levels we all need at least 30 minutes unprotected sunshine a day so okay. get out there and that sunshine get out and have a walk and come back and have your fruit and you'll go with chocolate on it'll be fine sounds like a plan <laughs> sounds like a very good plan but i mean a lot yeah. of this i mean the one first thing you mentioned the self-care that that is your self-care is your exercise your meditation you're getting out in the sunshine um sitting somewhere quietly with a good book out in the sunshine you know they get your mm. minutes in the sunshine sitting reading a good book you know it, it self-care and the one thing we say is self-care is not selfish self i mean we look after other people we make sure they're fed watered you know they've got clean clothes all that kind of thing we care for other people and we don't feel guilty about it, but we always feel guilty when we do it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet we shouldn't. Yeah. No. And I, I often use that myself and kick myself up the backside and go, look, you do it for Andy or you do it for Jack. So go and do it for yourself. And um, I was listening to Mrs. T's. Was it Mrs. T or the Mrs. This T? Mrs. This Mrs. This, this Mrs. This Mrs. This Mrs. I was listening to, I was getting confused with T lover then. Yeah, I was listening to her podcast. Um, well, when I had service a couple of days, yeah, a couple ago. Of days ago now. Yeah. And um, 
Oh, she, that was really profound what she said to me about um, about that, about how we, we do stuff for other people. We make sure sort yep. of they're fed, they're watered. We don't allow them almost to get anxious or annoyed because we're sort of codependency she was talking about. And I thought mm-hmm. that's so true. I do that even with Andy, you know, because it's like I know that when he gets hungry, he starts to get grumpy and he gets anxious. And I don't like it when he's like that. So yep. I'm always like got food ready. I'm like, look, eat that, eat that. Because I know what you like when you get anxious. And I'm like, well, actually, he's a big man. <laughs> he's a grown man. He knows he where the refrigerator is, you know. <laughs> um, it's like, I, one of our ladies this morning, she said, she thought about things and thought, well, I've got to get groceries. But I don't have to cook because they're all old enough to cook for themselves. Mm. said I will put the groceries I will send them a text so that they know what I'm doing for myself I mean this was a prime example of um we we don't tell people when we need to care for ourselves we expect them to know the same as you know when Andy's hungry he gets Mm. grouchy so you care for him we can't expect people to know what kind of care we need unless we voice it. And mm. she said she sent a text to say she was going to the beach. They knew wow. where she was going. So they could, they, you know, they're perfectly old enough to look after themselves and feed themselves. I mean, as women, we're our worst. We are the worst at having, well, it's the nature of us. We nurture Mm. Um, it's part of our makeup and it it seems strange when we're not there to nurture and then when we're not there we tend to get anxious <laughs> we go back <laughs> yeah. to the anxious and anxiety it you know yeah. it, it's a whole cycle of thing isn't it and it, it's learned to we have to learn that in order for us to be able to give others and to relieve our anxiety we have to look after ourselves yeah and the serotonin uh, from self-care from eating a piece of chocolate getting some sunshine it, it it's a whole package isn't it yeah and, and and this is you know we we talk often that we are working on our sobriety and we have mm-hmm. to work on it we can't just put it down and and you can't expect other people that aren't going through this journey to understand it but we get it and we understand it. And I think, you know, it's important that, you know, I, I listen to all the podcasts on Sober yeah. Town because it helps me, as you've just heard, everyone mm. I listen to, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we all learn from each other. Um, you know, there was a time I stopped posting because I couldn't get back to everybody, but I'm like, no, people, we, we learn from people's posts, you know, it helps somebody and that's the importance of of doing it. And um, I just wanted to sort of, I've, I've written down, one of our ladies in our groups, um, we were talking about anxiety and and what it's like post drinking and yeah. how the anxiety has lifts. Um, I'm, don't get me wrong, folks. The anxiety does come back, and you will get anxiety, especially when you first stop drinking, because you're having to deal with all the stuff you've been blocking for a while. But like you um, said, it 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 it's a natural emotion. It's it's there anyway. You're never going. It's never ever going to go away. No. But how so, you deal with it alters. 
alters and, and initially you're going to have that chemical withdrawal um, so that's going to cause you to be anxious and if you drink lots of caffeine that might make you anxious but you know eventually it will settle down and this is what one of the ladies wrote um, I'm just going to read this verbatim from what she said about um, that that she no longer has to worry about so since she's got sober these are the things she does not have to worry about deep down I knew it was wrong to drink like that so now I simply didn't do anything wrong with a day like we said you know she hadn't done anything wrong I don't have to worry about what I did last night and can't remember because I remember everything I didn't act stupid from drinking last night I have no shame about the fact that I tried to moderate and failed. I'm living a more open and honest life now. I don't have to hide. All remorse, regret, shame, guilt from the night before has gone. I'm not a failure at being a successful drinker. I'm a winner at being a sober woman. I love that. (laughs) I do not have to worry about where my next drink is coming from, how much is on hand, who's driving me home. Can I make it through the event with only one drink? Does the event serve alcohol, etc.? I do not have to think about alcohol every day. I do not have to constantly make decisions about it all day long. Um, one decision and done. Easier to counsel my two sons to not drink or drink less when I'm living that myself. Old hobby was craft beer. If I go overboard on my new hobbies and interest, it is fine to eat a bunch of vegetables, to go walking, to work in the garden. So, you know, we so straight away when we're not drinking, we've removed all that stress and worry. And uh, we've talked before. Yeah, we've talked before about um, have I got enough alcohol? When can I start drinking? You know, when that's some of the burden I unloaded. It's a heavy burden to carry. Mm. It is a weight and it's a weight on your mind all the time and other thoughts can't come in because you're consumed Mm. by this. So, you know, now we've, well, when you, I think there was an expression, wasn't it? When you get rid of something, you make space for something else. Well, I got rid of that load. So I've made space for information and information is knowledge and Knowledge is powerful, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's you know this is this is good, all good stuff, people. It's all good stuff. Um, we we try and do serious stuff, but we try and interject a little lightness in it because giving up alcohol is a heavy journey. Um, it's not an easy journey, but it's a it can be a fun journey. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you can get to go on beautiful locations like the local park. Yeah. It's very hot, though. I'm <laughs> melting. We, I think we need to pull into the station and get Karina <laughs> a glass of water or something because she's actually melting. In the <laughs> she's in the UK actually melting. And there's a first. Um, <laughs> you know, it's but UK summers are some of the nicest when you get that nice sunny weather in the UK. It's just a feel good. Yeah. Not so great when you're shut in the car with all the doors and windows because <laughs> the kids because the kids are out there screaming their heads off. But yeah, it's, um, they're having fun, bless them. They're having fun. Yeah. I'm going to sit. Right. Is, have is there fun. anything yeah. else we want? Is there anything else we want to touch on before we climb off the train? 
I don't think so. Just to, ah, oh, perhaps just one other thing for Oxytocin was paying a compliment. So I'm going to say, Polly, you're beautiful. I love you. And thank you for everything you do. <laughs> I will say to you, Karina, chin, chin, enjoy your coffee. You have a smile that literally goes from ear to ear. <laughs> she, folks, she's glowing. She's absolutely glowing. And you're beautiful. Keep riding your bicycle, darling. I love it. I love it. I love it. Your bicycle. Your trike. You. Sorry. Yeah, your trike. trike. Yes. And yeah. just keep just keep bringing joy to people because that's what you do. You bring us joy. You bring us information. And we love it. So climb off the train. Get yourself a much-needed train. <laughs> And cool the glow. Yeah, I guess have a cold shower. I, think. <laughs> I love that she's got an absolutely beautiful sun top on. Is it a top or a dress? It's so yeah, it's many top. bright it's colors. Top. Here yeah. we go. She's in Technicolor today. Um, yeah. I can see. I can see her tats. Have you put those up on yeah. the? Have you put those up on the website yet? Yeah, some of them. My my sobriety ones are up there. My you, uh, yeah, Are you going to get another one soon? Um, no, I'm going to wait till my year because what I've got is I had a ankle bracelet, um, an anklet, um, tattoo done with three underneath and on yeah. the back has got four lotus flowers yeah. and I'm going to have some colours inked in for the, every three months, the, the AA chip colour. So that's so your cool yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I was actually thinking actually I might book that in for the 5th of August. I might ring my tattoo artist and get that done. I'm going to follow that's, through. Gonna that do it. sounds <laughs> there you go. Follow through. Folks, follow through. Make yourself yeah. a, a little promise in the morning. It doesn't have to be much. It can be just like Karina said. I'm going to get up and I'm going to have a shower. And mm. just follow through. But thanks for riding the train with us. We thoroughly enjoy it and we hope that you enjoy listening to us. Have a wonderful day. And as our friend Drifter says, pour the poison down the sink. So, and as I say, no sippy, no slippy. And Karina says, not another sip, no matter what. There you go. Chin, chin. <laughs> so bye, folks. We'll catch up with you again.